Mindfulness Mode 179. I heard a podcast that talked about this idea of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I definitely am not surrounded by anyone who thinks like I do. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for being here again today on Mindfulness Mode. Well, I'm here to tell you about one of the greatest people for connecting others. He's all about connections. Now that it's 2017, let's make connections a thing, you know, a thing that's just so important. Let's reach out and meet people, get to know people, share with people. That's what today's guest is all about, connections with people. I first met Alex at some events and I'm telling you, he has energy, he has exuberance and a true interest in people. Besides all that, he applies mindfulness to his own life. And his own life sounds fascinating. I mean, I think it's because he's willing to be so vulnerable to share his challenges as well as his wins. And he has learned so much and he's willing to share what he's learned so others can learn in the same way. So sit back, relax, and be ready to learn on a higher level today. And just before we cut to the show, I just want to remind you, if you're a podcaster or interested in podcasting, you need to think about attending this great event in Orlando, Florida called PodFest Multimedia Expo. I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes, I am going to be a speaker there. I was a speaker last year and I go to quite a few events and I'm telling you, this one was at the top as far as the feeling of family. The the person who puts this event together, Chris Kermitos, is absolutely amazing at making you feel like you're almost part of a family. You're connected with other people who are attending the event. And I just really, truly enjoyed getting to know so many people that I now have as friends as a result of being there last February. So check it out. It's online at podfest.us. That's www.podfest.us. And so, like I said, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode about connecting. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited to have Alex Barker on the line today. Hey, Alex, are you in mindfulness mode? (laughs) I tend to think so. Alex Barker is an action-centered entrepreneur who has experienced impressive results from his many initiatives. One of those projects is called the 66-Day Experiment, Life Hacks for Wealth, Fitness, and Sex. During 66 days, Alex shares with the world the progress of his particular initiative. One season was 66 days of reading a book a day. Another was 66 days of rejections. Alex is also a pharmacist, and with all the things he does, he is truly living in the now, taking time for family and what counts in life. So, Alex, this is how I see you. This is a a bio I came up about you. But tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you? A few months ago, I, I wasn't in a very mindful state, but right now I do feel really good. In the past, I've always been very future-oriented, future-minded, yeah. thinking, I got to make the future happen right now. And if I don't, I'm going to freak out. 
And right now I'm really falling in love with progress, taking action rather than results. Um, cause sometimes I like to determine my self-worth on my results, you know, yeah. the kind of difference I'm making, am I helping people, but rather thinking about the right actions that I need to take right now versus, okay, I have to get, I have to get the sale. I have to close this deal. I have to finish this. I have to do 20 pushups. I have to do, you know, whatever the next thing is. I just try to put myself in, okay, what is the number one thing I have to do right now? that will bring me results. And I'm just trying to fall in love with it. So yeah, I think I am in a mindful state right now. I like that. Yeah, I know that you're very you know, goal-oriented. You went through a phase where you read a book a day, right? Isn't that something you did? <laughs> that is. Yep, that was season one of my podcast, The 66-Day Experiment. Yeah. It was tons of fun. And uh, I still am pretty goal-oriented kind of guy. Sometimes I go a little overboard, like with that experiment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot to read a book a day. But uh, for 66 days, I bet you really felt f fulfilled at the end. Is that right? You know, I've never had such an audacious goal before. And it was really, really great challenge. I definitely learned a lot. And I helped a lot of people, too. Um, really focused in on habits and self-development and some business books. And yeah, I definitely learned a lot of life lessons. Number one being, I probably won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really excited to talk to you about masterminds because I know that that's something that you're really into. And, and I actually have a little bio I wanted to read about you. And this is what it is. It says this, Alex Barker is a mastermind initiator, enthusiast, and creator. In other words, he's the mastermind guy. A number of years ago, Alex was feeling frustrated with his own business and decided to start a mastermind. He never looked back. Alex now has a sky-high level of mindfulness about masterminds, their value and being fully engaged. Alex is also a pharmacist, a passionate coffee lover, and is fanatical over Japanese comics, otherwise known <laughs> as mangas. Does, does that uh, describe you accurately, Alex? I think you should write my bios from now on, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that's a pretty good dis description of who I am in a nutshell. So tell us about Masterminds. How did you get into this? Well, this was back in... 2013. So this is about three, over three years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling by myself. Um, I lived in a very small town. And whenever I talked to people about online business, it was kind of almost shameful mm. because I, I brought this up to people and they were like, what do you mean online business? Like, are you trying to sell me, you know, some scammy MLM deal or, you know, what kind of person are you? And uh, I found it really difficult to be by myself, to be kind of stuck in my own head. And what I wanted was kind of to get some feedback and accountability on the things that I wanted to do. And so about the same time as I'm struggling with this, I heard a podcast that talked about this idea of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I definitely am not surrounded by anyone who thinks like I do. And the word mastermind was used. And so that led me down a long research trail of finding out 
What are these things? How do they work? How do you find people? How do you run them? What goes on in them? And now I'm at the point where I run groups for other people. And I also have um, a few peer groups of my own where people who are my peers on on the same level or actually the, <laughs> the mastermind groups I'm in now are all people who are further ahead on this path of entrepreneurism. And I'm... I'm getting inspired to take bigger actions like they are. And that's kind of one of the benefits of being in this group. So where I am today, I create them. I love them. I get other people into groups. And it's really a, a mixture between a business and a passion project. Wow, that's very interesting. So let's talk about what masterminds are exactly. You've kind of alluded to what they are, but let's talk about that in more detail. Are you in one, Bruce? I am not in one right now, no, but I have been. So what was a mastermind group for you? Well, it was where, again, like you said, like-minded individuals, we could get together. We got together once a week and we talked about our goals, what we were working on and what we had achieved in that week and Mm -hmm. where we were going in the following week. That's what we did. Okay. Did you, well... Did you have a hot seat format or did you focus on a particular topic or did everyone talk? We had one person who was coordinating it. She kind of just gave us turns. So we didn't have a hot seat where we sort of traded it off each time. Mm-hmm. We just did it that way. And then we got on and each person would tell what they were working on, what they had achieved in the last week and so on. And, and where we hoped to be by the end of the following week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of like an accountability group. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. If you go back in history, um, that group sounds similar to what Benjamin Franklin used to do. He used to have a group called the uh, Junto Group, or if you just look at it, it's J-U-N-T-O, like Junto Group. And what he did is he surrounded himself with like-minded businessmen in, uh, I believe the Philadelphia area. And they just talked, they talked business. They talked about what they learned in the last couple of weeks. They learned about, uh, uh, new tools that other people were using. They talked about projects, challenges, uh, lessons learned. And they also try to help each other keep accountable to the things that they wanted to accomplish. That's a lot of the aspects of what a mastermind is. The way I define it really is um, a group of people who are dedicated to their success and their others' success. And that can look like a lot of different things. But if you take Bruce's group as an example, um, the way we look at masterminds now in the online space is that it is a group of people who meet on some sort of consistency. Maybe it is once a week, once a month, once a quarter. And in this group... They share what their struggles are. They share their obstacles, their goals. Um, If you go off of a more traditional model, during a meeting, one person sits in what's called the hot seat. And this is where people kind of grill them with the tough questions that no one else is asking them and trying to help them overcome whatever the obstacle is or help them achieve whatever their goal is. And then there's also that accountability piece where everyone at the end shares their goals, the things that they want to accomplish at the end. 
so that the next time they meet, they can share their wins, the things that they did accomplish at the beginning of the week. And so continues the process where the person gets in the hot seat and the accountability piece. That's kind of what a mastermind looks like generally and everyone's different and it doesn't have to be just about business. Um, I have a friend named Savi who runs mastermind groups for um, health oriented people, people who want to lose weight or gain muscle mass and he helps them overcome their challenges and obstacles. Well, that sounds really cool. So did you help him set that up and get that going? <laughs> Actually, no. He was one of the people who taught me how to run mastermind cool. groups. So uh, he was kind of like a grandfather to me in this process. I'd have to say, <laughs> I think the word steal is appropriate. <laughs> I, I stole um, from Catherine Greenstreet. She's kind of like the online authority uh, for mastermind groups. Mm -hmm. And I also stole from Michael Hyatt and Dan Miller. They, they talk mm -hmm. a lot about mastermind groups. And then I kind of formulate my own way that I run mastermind groups. There's, um, to my knowledge, no other, um, way, no one's ever talked about this way that I do mastermind groups. Um, cause it's very unique and very effective for drawing the most out of people and helping them grow the most while running a meeting. Um, but that's what happens right over time. You kind of make your own flavor on how you want to run things. So what makes yours unique? Oh, I can't trade that. That's, that's trademark secret. There. Oh, you're is it? For, you're asking for the KFC of how I do things. No, I can talk about it. <laughs> I thought it was just like the Alex stamp or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I'll, I'll share my secret here. Anyone can do this. Uh, any, anyone who wants to run a mastermind group. Yeah. Basically, this is how I run our groups. So let's say me and Bruce and another person are in a mastermind meeting and the, the other person's in the hot seat. Their name is Joe. And what they do is they present, Joe presents a problem, something that they are facing right now. And they just don't know what to do to overcome it. They're indecisive or they are feeling a little bit scared about what could happen. So Bruce and I will spend probably a good 20, maybe even 30 minutes of just asking questions. We're not giving advice. We're not saying things like, well, why haven't you tried this? We're asking questions like, what have you tried? What have you done in the past? Um, what would be the ideal outcome? We're asking things to find out what is the root of this issue so that we can give really good targeted advice. Because often what happens in mastermind groups that aren't run appropriately is people just start spouting out advice or the last thing they heard on a podcast. And they just think, oh, you just need to do this or you need to do that. Or, I read this book and it says you got to do this. So we spend a good amount of time digging deep before we give any kind of information. Then what we do about halfway through is that we take a pause. We have that person, Joe, in this case, step aside from the meeting. Now, they're not literally moving away or going anything like that, but they are not saying a word. They're not talking. And everyone else, in this case, Bruce and I, we would be sharing our thoughts for Joe. We would be saying things like, 
you know, what I think he, he's really facing with is this problem. And these are three solutions that I think he could try. If I were Joe, I would do this. If I were Joe, I would think about this pathway. We do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, when people give untargeted, poor advice that is just based off of what they think this person should do, it's very easy for the receiver to get defensive, to explain away, oh, that wouldn't work for me because this reason or that reason. Right. It's so easy to get defensive when people are giving advice. True. And even if they're asking for it, because <laughs> we often feel like we have to explain away why certain things would not be helpful. And that's just, that's a part of human nature. And so having this person step aside and <laughs> literally shutting up for a little bit, they get to take it all in. They get to hear what other people are saying about their problem. And to not have to be able to defend yourself is quite freeing. And at the same time, it's nerve wracking because people are being honest and they're not trying to impress you. They're not trying to get you to like them. They are just giving you feedback. And that's powerful. So Alex, what happens if you're in a mastermind and the members start to drop off? You know, you show up and a couple of them aren't there. And then the next week, maybe three aren't there. And it just feels like it's losing its energy. What, ha what happens then? Well, the group dissipates. I mean, the group will end. Right. It, if you're thinking about putting a group together, you have to set the bar very high and create agreements with each person about what it is that we want to get out of the group. There's a couple of reasons why, but the number one reason why groups fail is because there is no designated leader, period. Uh, okay. Um, Bruce, I think both you and I are in um, the, uh, an online community at the SPI, Smart right. Passive Income Facebook yeah. group. It's got like over 22,000 people in there. In 2015, I paired more than something like 500 people into mastermind groups which seemed like a great thing. Great, great idea, right? Mm -hmm. And I even thought maybe this is a business idea. Maybe I could do this for a living, pair people into mastermind groups. Mm -hmm. But guess what? <laughs> what? Over, well over 80% of those groups f didn't even start. Oh. And main reason, no one took charge. Now, some of them took off. Some of them had initiatives. Some of them had, you know, people who were really, really interested mm -hmm. in starting these groups. And the majority of them just never took action. So when you think about why is our group losing energy, it's probably because uh, there wasn't an agreement between all the members on what they would agree to do, right? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So... Tell me this, how frustrated did you really feel before you started your first mastermind? You talked a little bit about how you felt alone and you were trying to make it go of it, but tell us more about that time when you were trying to get your business going. Well, that was tough. Um, at the time, I was a pharmacy resident. It's okay. similar to like what a medical resident is. And I was uh, in the boonies in Virginia and my commute every day was two hours. Mm -hmm. And I was making um, about 40000 a year. And I remember wanting to invest in a coach. Mm -hmm. 
And I really did a bad job at selecting the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coach I did want to work with was going to charge me $500 a month. And when you're making 40 grand, I think my take home pay every month was like 2,800. Mm-hmm. So that's like, <laughs> you know, it's like 15 or 20, you know, 15%, yeah. right? I can't do my quick math, but it's like, it's a lot of my paycheck to all of a sudden just disappear. Right. And I remember hiring him and he just wasn't, he wasn't coaching me. He was just like, Alex, wow, you're just taking so much action. But I didn't know if I was doing the right action. Mm-hmm. So that was frustrating me. My wife, my wife was, uh, I mean, she loves me and I love her. And she was very supportive of me doing all this. But, you know, she was frustrated too because I wasn't getting the value out of it. Right. Um, and I was buying courses to teach me how to do stuff. And I wasn't really making any money. I remember distinctly that problem. And that's one reason why I turned to masterminds, even though it probably wasn't a great move on my part. Now that I look back on it all, I remember thinking this is going to be what gets me out of my slump. Mm-hmm. In a way it did because I learned how to run a group and it actually made me realize that because I was running free groups, people weren't really valuing the group. Right. Because it's free and I mean, it takes a lot of work to run these groups and get them running smoothly. And that led me to start charging for mastermind groups around certain topics. And that was one of the first major ways that I started making money online. Ah. And so then people valued it and, and the groups became much more successful. Is that right? Over time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, the first, the first group I ever started, it was like, $39 a month. And it was about how to start your own podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't really a mastermind group. It was kind of like group coaching where I was just teaching people each step of the process. But that, that stuff was really frustrating. You want to talk about a person who wasn't very mindful. That would be me at that time. Mm. I didn't do a lot of self-reflection about what I actually wanted to accomplish. I just wanted to, I guess, be successful. Wow. And then you, you got, got this going and it started chugging and it started working for you. And when was the first time you felt like your mastermind was really, truly helping you? There was a pivotal moment in the end of 2013, I believe. I was in my mastermind group with my peers, not one that I was uh, charging for. And I was talking to them about you know, my, my problems, my issues, the fact Mm -hmm. that I wasn't seeing a lot of progress. Right. And I was putting all this effort in and one member asked me a question that stuck with me. And I still remember it to this day. It was near the end of the meeting. And, um, he asked me a question that just blew me out of the water. And it was, Alex, is there a kind of business that as a pharmacist you could create and love? You see, I had a lot of barriers. I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs back then. And one of them was I'm a pharmacist and there's no way that I can create a business as a pharmacist. Mm. And that stopped me from even thinking about the options that were out there. And that one question freed me to think bigger. (laughs) And later that person that was in my mastermind later became my coach because he's so good at asking questions. And 
that led me to create my first major company, um, which is a media company essentially. And that's, that's, that is the company that helped us pay off our house in less than three years. Wow. That one question is what's led to that. So thank you, masterminds. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is so awesome. That's just great. You know, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time and I've seen how, you know, mindfulness can really help when it comes to this world of bullying, because bullying is really when when people get so focused on what happened before or what might happen and you get start to get freaked out that you're afraid somebody's going to say something or do something. In masterminds, have you ever had bullying situations to deal with? And if you have, can you can you talk about that for a minute? Now, you specifically mean, like, has there been a bully in the group? Someone who's using bully behavior? I, I meant that, but you know what? You can take this in any direction that, that works. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of one scenario. Yeah. Um, I was running a group uh, full of startup entrepreneurs and... This is not. This is not when I perfected how to run groups. Um, I wasn't using the format that I use today, and I had one member in the group that wasn't a bully to other people, but she dominated the conversation whenever uh, she was the subject, which was often. Right. Okay, <laughs> and uh, I remember having to deal with it and and, uh, taking a mindfulness step aside and thinking this is ruining the group. Her behavior is, is not good because it's influencing the other people. It's going to ruin this group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so essentially what she was doing was when, um, you know, she was in the hot seat, taking up the time and bringing a challenge forward. She would, uh, excuse away everyone's advice as to why it wasn't helpful or why it wasn't applicable. Mm -hmm. She would blame others, uh, within her family, uh, not us, but, you know, blame others for her lack of success. Right. And she would have the same goals for herself like every week. Oh. And they wouldn't change because she never accomplished them. Okay. And I remember talking with another, um, friend and telling him about this issue and coming down to the conclusion that, you know what, I need to talk to her. I need to bring this up. Mm -hmm. So we brought it up and, you know, I said, look, like these are the issues that have been brought forward and I would like you to, you know, change. I'd like you to be more action driven and all these things. But what do you think? Where Where are you at? And she told me why she doesn't feel that way, but she knows she was not accomplishing goals. And I was just like, oh boy, this isn't, this conversation is not going well. Like I had mm-hmm. hoped and we tried it out for another week and she just wasn't changing. So I had, had to do one of the most dis- difficult discussions. I mean, it was like firing someone. It was mm-hmm. firing a client essentially. Wow. It was tough. That would be. Um, yeah. But learning that lesson, though, was great because it made me realize I got to do a much better job at filtering out who I let into my business, right? Sure. I, I don't want to coach people like 
Trump or Hillary. <laughs> yeah. I want to coach people who are like Elon Musk. Uh, well, he's a little bit different, but <laughs> I think you get the picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty interesting story. Alex, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Who is one person that you would say has influenced your mindfulness? If I can trace all of the action I've taken in the last four years of my life, it'd probably be Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read that book and it made me realize that I don't, I'm not living the way I believe I need to live and I need to change. That was the catalyst for all of everything that we've been talking about, really. Wow, interesting. That's a great book. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Alex? It's made me less of an emotional decision maker. I used to let my emotions guide me when things weren't going my way, specifically in my relationship with my wife. Mm -hmm. And being able to step aside from my emotions and, and being able to calm down in times of turmoil, that has been so important in our marriage. So tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice? Well, whenever I'm mindful, I'm breathing, so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is, is that something that sort of comes to mind? Do you think about it? Are you consciously aware of your breathing or you stop to think about it? I do, I'm not daily meditation, but I do meditation practice. And that is something I do focus on um, uh, when I'm meditating, but do I think about it often? I think when anxiety influences me, I notice, you know, the breathing and the heart rate, probably more the heart rate. And mm -hmm. then I do this, some exercises to calm myself down. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be, Alex? Well, if I'm honest, probably any book that's going to make you self-aware of how you interact with the world would probably be any religious text. <laughs> Um, the Bible is probably a good one, you know, whether you go to the old Testament or the new one, how we interact with the world, that, that book is a great story of how people have overreacted <laughs> in ways and how some people have been pretty mindful actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? <sighs> You know, it's not an application like on your phone, but one app that I really love is brain.fm. What it is, is it's um, music and sounds that help you put yourself in a very focused trance, almost. Mm -hmm. um, I find that it works. You know, I, I don't know the science behind it, but it works for me. I use it as well for meditation practice, and that helps out quite a bit. So what advice would you give a person who is new to this whole idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Go back to episode one of this show and start there. Ah, that's good advice. <laughs> You're going to learn a lot of stuff from a lot of interesting people. <laughs> that's good. Well, Alex, it's been really awesome talking with you. And, you know, you really sound mindful today. <laughs> you sound like you, you've just really got a very wise way about you. And I think that's probably what your coaching clients experience as well. And you're wise because you've done it. 
You've been there. You struggled. You moved forward. You struggled some more. You moved forward. And now you seem to be in a place where, yes, you're mindful and, yes, things are really working for you. So, Alex, how can we learn more about what you do and maybe connect with you? Yeah. Well, if anything I said resonated with you today, or even if you want to talk more about some of this stuff, feel free to reach out to me. And my email is alexmichaelbarker at gmail.com. And if you're more like, well, Alex, that's pretty forward, but no thanks. (laughs) You can go to 66dayexperiment.com where I do crazy experiments on my life, like read a book a day or start a business in 66 days. And you can listen from me there. All right. Well, I know you've done a lot of really interesting, really fascinating things. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's great talking with you, Alex. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate you doing this podcast and really spending the time to focus on it. You know, you didn't you didn't have to. You could have chosen to focus more on other things. And you chose to be mindful about mindfulness. And that's... Really, really cool. So thank you for doing this. You're welcome, Alex. So you have a great rest of your day. You too. Yeah, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.